It's a pixel art extravaganza today, calling digital art connoisseurs of all ages to our Twitter spaces with the one and only Gogolitis Artist Journal, February 15th, 2023, broadcasting live from Berlin and New York City on Rug Radio. My name is Adrian Pocabelli, and we welcome back our co-host, Runetune, artist, conversationalist, and all-round Good guy, Runtoon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, how has your week been going? It's been interesting. I started out super productive, unbelievably productive, which always makes me happy. And then I got this cold, which just kind of knocked me over the head yesterday, right after the show. So I'm doing okay. I am full of wonderful German uh, cold medicine here and a lot of coffee and a lot of energy. And how about yourself? And actually, I think I'm going to post to work right away, which is actually kind of fun and exciting. How about yourself? How are things going? I'm sorry to hear you're feeling sick. I hope you're taking advantage of some downtime to, uh, you know, consume some art or something interesting. My week has been fantastic. I've, I actually, over the weekend, I've had a, a friend visiting and it's always funny in New York, you know, your day-to-day -day life, you just kind of, you know, you just, you do as you do, but when a friend comes to visit, you go all out. So even though I haven't really requested any time off of work, it feels like I've been out of work for five days, whereas really I just had a regular weekend. We've just done so much. Well, isn't that the truth? When you have people over, you think you're going to do your normal life, and then it just all goes you know, to the, to the side. That sounds super fun, though, because it's a great excuse to probably hit the town in the wonderful New York City. I haven't been there for about seven years, so I am well overdue for a visit. And we will definitely have to have a beer or a coffee at some point when that happens. Yes, indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yes. And welcome to Gogo Lightus. I believe he's coming out of France. Gogo Lightus, it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I'm so glad you're willing to come here on Twitter Spaces with us. It really is an honor. I've been a huge fan from, you know, really early on the platform, at least a year here. And it's great to see you back. How are you doing? How are things? Hello. Hello, uh, Pocobelli. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, how am I doing, you mean, uh, this week? Yeah. How are things going with you? And where are you calling from? I, I, I'm calling from France. Uh, well, first, I'd like to say uh, to people that I'm not used to speak English, and I, I can read it and listen to it, but I almost never had the opportunity to speak it. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to say to thank you for inviting me in this talk. Uh, I really appreciate. Uh, I'd like to say hello to everybody who are listening to this. Uh, hello, Runtune. Uh, we don't know hello. each other yet, but uh, I'm gonna probably discover uh, you through this talk. And uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to be there. And my my weeks uh, I've been uh, I've been quite uh, um, it's quiet and calm here where I live. Uh, so it's not it's not New York City. <laughs> it's not uh I, i've never been there uh in new york uh, so i don't know uh, what it looked like looks like to be there but yeah yeah that's all i can say right now well let me just tell you you sound great as far as like you are totally right. understandable and you come in loud and clear you would 100%. never know yeah i'm glad to hear that yeah so that is awesome and so Give us a quick update here. I mean, if you want to talk about it, and if you don't want to talk about it, I totally understand. But 
you were uh, you had a bit of a hiatus, hey? Because uh, I remember I was following you super closely, and uh, around August you took a bit of a break, and you you've come back. Yes, and you can see the. It's so interesting taking breaks, isn't it, as an artist? Because I can just see this revitalized, you know, gogolitis. But tell me about it. Uh, what happened there? And uh, fill us in. Okay, yeah, yeah. I heard you mention my break a couple of times on your YouTube channel, uh, saying that it was, uh, it was a good thing, and you're right. Uh, actually, I was busy doing other things, and amongst that, I have three kids, so it's very time-consuming, but I try to manage all that. Uh, so, yeah, taking a break was really good for me. First, it made me realize that I wanted to come back uh, more than everything. I create because uh, it simply brings me joy. And I think most humans are on the quest for joy, not sadness. <laughs> also, uh, creating is an introspective process for me. At least uh, that's how it feels. Uh, it's also a research process. And because it's a research, then it leads uh, to some discoveries, like new ways to do things, to create patterns and effects. And uh, yeah, that, that break was really necessary because uh, it helps you uh, have an overview on your work, some uh, recul. I don't know how you say that in English, avoir du recul. Uh, like uh, a, looking, a looking back? Or, uh... Yes, a looking back. Yes, it, it, it helps you to look back at your work and, uh, and get an overview of what you are doing. Uh, because when you do it like I'm doing it right now, now I try to... To, uh, to have small break uh, so I can get back on my work uh, more often and not to, uh, to be always like uh, uh, in the rush of creating something, you know? Um, Absolutely. Th that's kind of, that kind of things. Yeah, when you're in the trenches or when you're kind of working, you know, putting in all this time, it, weirdly, I mean, there's creativity in, in the act of creation, of course, but... Uh, mm -hmm when you step back it's a different kind of creativity because you kind of look at the big picture and what is it that i'm doing you kind of reassess sort of as you were saying exactly and you kind of you know reassess everything and just question first principles well why am i doing this and what am i trying to do here and you know what i love about what you said and i felt like i could have said that word for you as you said it which was the joy that is the first word that I think of too when I see your work. I just see pure, it's almost, you know, you were mentioning you have three kids. I, I see almost like the joy of a child at play, you know, and just having fun. And, you know, so, but I also see the discipline of someone who maybe has raised three kids because when you go to work, you go to work. Like you have, like, I, I noticed, like you're not sort of sitting around wondering. It seems like when you work, you're working. Uh, so tell me, what brought you into pixel art? Were you, you know, do you have an art background before that? Or did you really start with pixel art? It's kind of, um, it's a touchy subject. Um, oh, actually, only if, you, only if you want. Uh, it's because, um, actually, I, I, I told about it. I wrote a tweet um, months ago about it. It's because I had, uh, I had a cancer and I was curing a cancer. Um, and so it was a way for me to uh, to recover. That, wow, that, yes. That is quite beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. Because that is, you know, I, I'm, I love the reality of situations like that. And again, I appreciate you mentioning that. So before then, uh, like, and 
this is kind of, it brings up a couple of interesting, you know, topics in my mind, which is, I'm curious if you had an art background before then, because in a weird way, if I was to teach digital art, I think I would start with pixel art, even though it might not be my specialty, but I think it's a wonderful way to start. So I guess my first question is, did you have an art background before that? Yes. In high school, I studied art uh, in a specific section about art. And after that, I went to uh, Les Beaux-Arts, uh, fine art school. Uh, yep. And then uh, I, um, I quit it and started to create website. So most of my life, I made website. I designed website. That's what I did most of my life. Um, uh, um, je suis graphiste, en fait. I'm a graphist at first. Well, that's so interesting. I mean, I did graphic design, I guess, from age 25 to maybe 32. And I found it's it's an interesting, what I liked about it is it forced me to actually learn some of the technical sides of visual art. I mean, maybe like yourself, like I went to, you know, I did visual arts in English as a degree, and then I ended up doing a master's in English after that. But I didn't really learn, there wasn't the same discipline in art school as there was in graphic design. Like in graphic design, uh, you know, you have a client and it's a very, you might say, a very practical way of making art. Yes, yes, yes. When I was in high school, it wasn't hard for art. It was hard for uh, for design to be, to design object. So it was tied to uh, tied to uh, to the idea of product. And uh, and after that, in the fine art school, it's completely it has nothing to do with the concept of product. So yeah, yeah, there is a two two way. Both of uh, of the two way are art, uh, but uh, there is the art for for creating an object that has a function, a utility. And there is art for uh, for only to to be hard to be seen, observed, and uh, and uh, and question people. So interesting. And Rune Tune, feel free to jump in. And if anybody else would would like to jump yeah. in, feel free to put a request in, and Rune Tune or I will bring you up on stage. Rune Tune, go for it. It's uh, it's really interesting. You're talking about like design and, and you know design versus art. I always think you know with uh, with a lot of design or things that serve that practical purpose. Sometimes it feels more like craft and less like art because there is a, a, a purpose and that's like the ultimate function of it. And looking at all of your work, it's funny how sometimes that, that bleeds into the work like Palm Tree Factory. I'm looking at that one right now. I'm, I'm trying to make a tweet and share it to the spaces right now. But uh, a lot of these sort of like factory and production works. Do you want to talk about those pixel works that you've done or like what what's the inspiration or or what was your thinking behind a lot of these uh different sorts of like factory production sorts of uh images that you've made yes uh, i could talk about uh, uh my recent pieces because this is what i have really this is what is really fresh in my mind for example the reality simulator device the big piece i made recently it's uh with a brain at the center of the image. What interests me the most in the creating of this piece are the philosophical question raised by the technology and its future. That's what my reality simulator device is about. It's a contemporary illustration of Plato's cave. It's seen like an update. Plato's cave is all about philosophy. It raises the question of the reality of our world, if it's real or an illusion, a kind of projection. This question is uh, like central in philosophy and mythology. 
it has been discussed for centuries by philosophers from, from Plato to the French philosopher René Descartes. But these philosophers, they were brilliant, but they could not have imagined the technology we have today. It was completely out of their reach. And thus their imagination was kind of limited when they thought about how our world could technically be an illusion. They lacked the world to explain and formalize it. They couldn't use words such as uh, computer or processor, mouse, keyboard or, or software uh, due to obvious uh, chronological reason. But now that we have this technology, it's easy to imagine how we could technically build an entire world because it, it has been a while since we have been creating virtual world, especially in video games. We know how to generate virtual worlds every day as if it were a kind of routine. What is less routine is AI. But I think it's going to become a routine. That is what I'm trying to, uh, to explain with that piece, because just think that the AI we have now is the equivalent of a Pong or Space Invaders. In a not so distant future, it's going to become like a triple A Rockstar game. So my wonder goes into the realm of simulated beings. I'm curious about uh, what will happen when, for example, non-playable uh, character, the NPCs, uh, when they will be linked to AI, what will be the philosophical implication of such technology and what does it mean for humanity? And these are the questions I'm very interested in. On the reality simulator device, you got a brain at the center and a bunch of machines generating the reality the brain is actually experiencing. So you have different modules to handle different aspects of the simulation generating the reality and emulating the senses. You have a screen with some code running. There is a function on the screen where the subject is wondering about the reality is in. Also, thanks to ChatGPT for generating me uh, this little piece of code. <laughs> it's very, very convenient. But essentially, it's like the Matrix or Existence, the movie, but without the body. In other words, the brain is experiencing the reality in the reality simulator device and has no physical body. It only exists within the simulation and is left to wonder about the, um, the true nature of its reality. Pretty much like in the movie, uh, The Truman Show. Well, you got to love the depth you are offering on your piece here. Like I knew there was depth. Did you want to add something about The Truman Show? It's one of the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> You know, I feel the same way. That was, I haven't seen it since I watched it in the theater, but I was, yeah, it was one of those movies you walk out of and just like you say, you feel like that was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Kind of like changes, you know, you didn't know a movie could do that before. It doesn't um, age. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. Have you watched it recently? Yeah, I've seen it many times. <laughs> I'll, I, I'm um, so glad you mentioned it because now I, I want to watch it. And I'm looking at your piece here and Runetune has pinned it up, everybody, if you're curious about the piece. But what I love about it is, for me, there's always kind of like uh, this fantasy uh, artwork where you kind of are able to sum up life in an artwork, you know. And, you know, for me, I had this one artwork a long time ago. It was like, have a job, you know, a girlfriend or, you know, and then, you know, like the five or six things that are your life. But you've boiled it down philosophically. I mean, so you have almost like space. Interestingly, code. And then you have all this, uh, I guess these, do these other things, uh, like, is it like hearing? Like, do you have it all worked out or are some just sliders? And, uh, you know, how in-depth is this work? Like, I, I guess you, uh, 
is is everything worked out? Like, do you know this is the audio piece here, and this is the you know? Uh... No, it, honestly, it's a bit it's a bit random. Uh, okay. There are yeah. mod there are modules. Uh, yeah. No, it's not a real map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a real blueprint to build a machine. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but what I love about it is you take a, an artist's approach where you're starting to just piece together the elements of existence to a certain degree, and you're putting them all on a, you know, not a piece of paper, but a, on a screen here. And I love it. Like, it's a metaphor for our, you know, experience of reality. So there's your reality yes, yes. simulator device. So uh, I as love I it. said, it's, a, it's, a, it's an update of the Plateau Cave okay, somewhere. Well, and you gotta love that too. And so, yeah, like, let me bring, like, so Plato's cave, the people are in the cave and there's the fire and they're looking at the shadows. So, but this is, I guess, from outside the cave, this is what's actually going on, I suppose. <laughs> um, so beautiful. Kent, uh, welcome to the stage. Uh, and good to, how are you doing, Kent? Out in New Delhi. Hey, hey, Papa Belly, Bluntoon, Google it. Yeah. Great. Delhi is uh, good, good. Just we, we just happened art week, very intensive, lots of opening, lots of lots of artwork to consume. Completely packed in my mind. Beautiful. And do you have a question for Gogolitis? Have you seen Gogolitis's work before? Uh, yes, yes. Um, on, on your on your artist journal, I, I saw the work. Uh, very interesting work. I have something to ask and also to add something to the conversation regarding the pixel art as well. Yes, absolutely. Go for it. Okay, so I mean, Google it. I'm, I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. First of all, I like the approach, the way you, you, you know, started the conversation around uh, first the having that philosophical point of view about the, about the works and uh, I mean, uh, understanding the whole pixel art with that and that that uh, that that understanding. I mean, the philosophical approach is really something which offers uh, very deeply. So when I was seeing the work, the just pinned up uh, there, maybe the second one. So I see like uh, these are most most of those you know kind of button buttons which is like on or off you do, and there are many 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 many. So there's there's another another I mean interpretation of the of, of this at the same time. So I was more interested to know that that aspect as well. Uh, actually, uh, the piece, the reality simulator device, hasn't hasn't been pinned. Um, I'm checking it right now, and I see uh, the palm tree factory, and um, my last uh, my last my last mint. Uh, the reality simulator device isn't there, so I don't know if you if you saw it. <laughs> I I will try and pin it uh, in a second here. Uh, so tell me. Uh, so uh, did did that answer your question, Kant? Uh, did everything? Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I have a question for you, Gogolitis. Uh, as far as the color, because I saw those little modules, and oh, we have Runetune has posted the reality simulator device. We now have it here. Um, as far as the colors, um, I noticed uh, there, I feel like you had a bit of a breakthrough after the reality simulator device where you started 
almost incorporating these gradients that you were using with like the castle and in sort of some works that you were doing maybe in July, August. And it seems mm -hmm. like you've incorporated those gradients into the kind of purple interface. And now you just have a, exactly. a symphony of color. Exactly. I'd like to merge uh, the two styles together uh, to create a big factory with a lot of colors. But uh, um, yes, exactly. You're right. I, I think it's wildly successful. Gogolitis, like they're hypnotic, and I'm just kind of, I'm almost, I mean, this sounds like too much, but I'm almost proud to look at them. It's, or put it this way, I'm proud to show them. I'm proud to show them. <laughs> you know, like, they're, I wanted to put it as the first one on the next show when you put scroll flow XY, but I was like, I can't do it two days in a row, you know, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're just gorgeous. And so, yeah, so, so I guess you didn't have that breakthrough on the reality simulator device. It was once you did the hollow heart uh, that came after, and then you just started doing some experimentation. Yes, uh, the scroll uh, XY is an experimentation, it's more a research. Um, in fact, the XY has been created uh, before uh, uh, the, what, what is the name? <laughs> the name of the second, I don't remember. The uh, Morpho X core. Right, uh, right, the right. one with the X, the butterfly. Right. Uh, the butterfly has been created after uh, the XY that has been minted uh, after. You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm clear. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like you made scroll flow, scroll flow first, and then Morpho actually yes. came after, but you released exactly them in a different order. Yeah, exactly. Fair, fair enough. And so because XY is a research. Right. So that was research. Gotcha. And was that the breakthrough work with the color? Uh, what, what do you mean by breakthrough work? Well, where you started to combine uh, the gradient oh, with uh, almost with the pixel art factories or with, you know, it seemed like you moved from, you know, again, these sort of castle uh, works and the cat where you have these. Yes, gradients. yes, yes. Yes, the, the the desire was here before, but yes, I'm starting to merge uh, concretely the two. Exactly. Really. And was Scroll Flow the first one that you did that? Like, was there a breakthrough for you, or was it something you you already knew you were going to do, so it wasn't really a breakthrough? Uh, no, um, uh, the idea came to me uh, because of uh, uh, the fact that, that I use uh, little blocks um, you know, a scroll bar, they have differ different lengths, yeah. uh, but they all adjust together because uh, of the same unit of uh, eight and, uh, and width. Uh, so I can combine them in uh, uh, with infinity like this. I, I could build anything with uh, this little brick. Very cool. And yeah, and I can, I feel like you're also playing. And then, then I want to ask you actually about just Tezos in general and the differences you've seen, but just a final question on the work. And again, if people want to bring in the work, uh, by all means, if you have any questions for Gogolitis, just give us a request and we will bring you on stage. Um, but it seems like you're also playing with different timings of animation. And the, like, I think that's part of the hypnotic effect of these works, which you can just keep staring at is the sliders, for instance, in that most recent work, Scroll Flow, they're moving at different speeds, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So that, yeah. So that just to tell me about animation. Like, I find animation. I don't love it. 
let's put it that way. Like, do you enjoy animating? It seems like you do. Yes. I like to play with uh, ease in and ease out. Uh, you know, uh, mm, yeah. that feeling yeah. of, uh, of fluidity and smooth. Yeah. Um, uh, when it breaks, when it comes to the point, it has to arrive. It breaks slowly and then it go back and go back and forth like this. Um, I, I, I like I like to make it free and smooth. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it uh, makes with, it it makes it feel organic and real, right? Like. Yes, maybe I don't know. It's, uh, um, uh, yeah. Well, great, and and I don't know if you want to talk about this. But just one more question on the art. Are, are you using Aspirite, if I'm pronouncing that right? Yes, 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 absolutely. It absolutely. seems that way. It's, it's a wonderful uh, piece of software. That's great. And when you were recovering, were you able, did you just put a laptop in bed? Or, like, they don't have Aspirite on an iPad, do they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm on PC, so I don't know. Um, but I have, two, I, I have two screen in front of me. Uh, because uh, before, as I told you before, I'm I'm a graphist, uh, so uh, I have um, anything I I need to display uh, to display on screen. Um, so yeah, I use a sprite. Uh, I didn't know a sprite before uh, I started uh, to create pixel art, uh, but I had to use a sprite because you can't. Honestly, it's very difficult to create pixel art in uh, in Photoshop. It's uh, um, you can create, but animating it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a pain in the uh, in the beep, you know. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, and in Air Sprite, it's uh, it's wonderful to uh, to animate things. It's it's really suit for that. Maybe that maybe that's why I don't like animating because I'm using Photoshop and it's not fun. It's not fun. To your no, point. it's not fun at all. You have no uh, visibility on your timeline. Right and, uh, and layers. Yeah, so I'll have to open a sprite back up. It does seem to be like the best uh, pixel art software. Tell me, just a final thing on pixel art. Uh, first yes. of all, I, I mentioned to you before the show, do you have a definition of pixel art? I mean, obviously you're a deep thinker if you're you know, making works that are alluding to Plato's cave. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you have a definition of what makes the genre in, in your mind? Um. I don't have a, a specific definition, but I like pixel art very much, of course, but not only for aesthetic reason. Um, there are multiple aspects that are tied to it uh, because it's not only about pixel art. There is uh, the format, uh, for example, namely the GIF format and its constraints. Uh, it means, uh, I mean, um, the number of colors limited to uh, 256. Uh, the fact that it is a lossless format there is no compression, then it means that you can upscale uh, it to any size without losing anything. You can find that aspect in a vectorial format, uh, such as .ai for Adobe Illustrator. Uh, and also it has that kind of vintage feeling. You know, uh, uh, I could produce an MP4 file, but to me, it would like detract uh, from the charm of pixel art. It's not that I, I don't like MP4. I have no problem with that. People do what they want, but I think I'm just a bit too nostalgic. <laughs> uh, it's like vinyl disc, you know. Uh, well, vinyl, when, when I think, when I think, records. yeah, yeah, vinyl records. Yes. When yeah. I think about gifs and MP4, 
I see like uh, vinyl records as the equivalent of GIFs compared to the CD or streaming that would represent the MP5, MP4. Um, also, uh, what I find interesting in pixel art, uh, you see, it's that it's very similar to uh, uh, to knitting or needlepoint. Uh, my grandmother used to create large-scale tapestries made of tiny points of wool. And when you think about it, this stuff is like uh, the ancestor of pixel art because of the unit, you know, the point, it's a calibra calibrated unit. And it's the same thing as the pixel, which is also a calibrated unit, the, the most uh, tiny unit you can have on a screen. That so, is so interesting. And, you know, it kind of brings up this whole other aspect of, like, one of the reasons, one of the charms of pixel art is the fact that kind of anybody can do it in a sense like you know it's it's not really resting a lot on your technical ability to draw it's more on your imagination i mean there is some you know technical thing but it's not like you know if you were to draw a portrait of someone yes. that you know you have to draw for 30 years the cool thing exactly. about pixel art you know you have eight pixels just like eight badu you have eight pixels by eight pixels i mean this has nothing to do with your it's all about your how you imagine, you know, how you want to draw, not on your ability to, you know, realistically render something. So pixel art really is kind of charming in that way. And I totally agree with you on this idea of uh, GIFs being kind of the natural home of pixel art to a certain degree, you know, yes. right. And just like the way that a GIF is rendered, like, as far as I understand, like the color is actually, you know, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically being produced by the operating system, if, if I'm not mistaken, or whereas like the MP4 is more of a recording of this thing going across the screen, like say a slider going across the screen or something moving, whereas GIF, it feels, it feels like one step closer to the actual, you know, machine, for lack of a better word. Do you have anything to say about yes, that? Yes, I, I, it's more close to the root of the code. Is this what you mean? I, I think that's what I was trying to say. So yes. your English as a second language is sometimes better than our English as a first language out here. So exactly, exactly. So uh, Runtune or Kant, do you have any other questions that you'd like to ask about to Gogolitis before I ask him about just his experience on Tezos and what he's seen out there? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, since we're on the topic of pixel art and, and all of that, um, this most recent work, the scroll, scroll flow XY, uh, yes. what I find interesting about that one is uh, unlike basically every other work that you have, at least on object, it's the only one where the pixel is not uh, as obvious as like a pixel work. Um, you know, what makes those pixels so obvious is when you're on a curve or on a slant and instead of it being a, a like a nice clean vector line that would just be straight, you just see the pixels kind of like as a staircase going, you know, a going around. Another thing that usually calls attention to a work being pixel art is the use of like gradients, which you make, you know, wonderful use of in a lot of these uh, GIFs where there's these like pixel gradients that are moving around. But in Scrollflow XY, it's the only one where everything is perfectly rectangle or square. 
and you don't see that calling card for the pixel. Was this something that you did consciously, or is this um, is this something you're playing with? To me, this is the this is what makes this most recent work stand out so much. No, it w it wasn't intentional, but I see what you mean, uh, and in uh, it, it joins what Pocobelli said just before. Uh, you don't need to have skill in drawing to produce pixel art and something maybe interesting. Uh, because uh, what I did with scroll for XY, it, you don't have to have any skill in drawing uh, to, to do that, actually. Uh, it's just a work of uh, um, Pocobelli, if you can help me, a decalage, a shift. I, it's a work of, of, it's not a, of copy and paste. Or collage. Yes, it's a it's a work of copy and paste and shifting the layers, uh, like like scales, uh, so uh, that um, every scroll bar that you copy, uh, it's not at the same color at the same time. That is what is right. uh, that is creates uh, this overall uh, color effect, like holographic, almost foil. You know, foil card, the foil card that you that you collect. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a very cool work. I just um it that that stood out to me uh when I was looking through your work last night and just like, you know, coming up with um some questions to ask and really dissecting your your process. Um it's a very cool work and I think it stands out in that way that there isn't those those super fine details that make it an obvious pixel work because it could easily be something that someone did on, you know, Illustrator or Photoshop with just lines and stuff like that but uh yes very cool exactly but you're gonna have a hard time to to animate this in photoshop <laughs> it's gonna go <laughs> through a hard time well i'm so glad we had this conversation on the animation because you may have you may have rekindled my interest in animation because i didn't see what the excitement was all about from an artist's perspective i see the results are beautiful um what but a wonderful you, sorry go ahead it, if you want to do animation, uh, and if you don't want, especially do pixel art, uh, Sprite is not the software you need. Uh, you need to use uh, a vectorial uh, animation software like uh, Adobe Animate. It would be better fit your expectation. Okay, that is excellent to know. I know Popple. I've seen and shout out to Popple there in the crowd, and shout out to everybody. Look at Joe Rogan's dad, Mardo, Drank, Frazetta, Mikey De La Creme, Bazaya. What a brave and on. And look at everybody here. This is wonderful. Um, uh, I, I've got a story about, about purple and uh, inspiration, if I, if I can. Uh, absolutely. We'll take stories on purple. Yes, to explain. Uh, it's about, um, because I, I truly believe inspiration is, um, is a fundamental element in the history of humanity. And this story is, um, I think, uh, at least to me, is interesting, but to explain. Uh, the Morpho X Core, uh, uh, the the previous piece I made. Uh, the Morpho X Core is is an imaginary processor of a device that can create dreams on demand. Um, and I I invite you to read the description if you want to more detail about it. But the name uh, it has is to me the most interesting story in my opinion uh, uh, around this piece. In fact, uh, it is the story of inspiration, inspiration, and it can from from it can come from from everywhere at any moment because it's always there. But I posted it uh, as a whip. I mean, a work in pro in progress, 
And then uh, Popel posted a commentary about it. He said uh, he was seeing a butterfly. And honestly, I, I didn't build the piece as a butterfly. I didn't see it uh, because I had no intent to build a butterfly. Uh, so he made me see it. And after that, I could only see the butterfly. So I made some researches about uh, what were the butterfly that has the strongest effect of reflecting light. And then uh, the morpho butterfly popped uh, into my eyes in a list uh, because morpho is the name of a specific butterfly. Uh, so to me, it was obvious because, look, I created a chip for a dream device. Uh, someone come to me telling me, uh, hey, uh, I see a butterfly, which I didn't plan. Uh, and now you're telling me that there is a butterfly named morpho, uh, which is the same roots as Morpheus, which is the god of dream. <laughs> I thought that was very amusing. Um, and also the butterfly is a very unique animal because it goes through a process of transformation, uh, morphing from a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Uh, so in that case of that piece I made, the morphoid core was what, what fascinates me here is the way the name has been found uh, more than the piece itself. I mean, it blows my mind, actually. <laughs> it's an awesome name. Morpho X core. And it's funny, I wouldn't have seen the butterfly either. But you know what's kind of funny about it is the the colors. I'm kind of back to these incredible colors uh, that you have come across here that I almost want to say that you've discovered these incredible combination of colors that you have discovered here. It works beautifully uh, with a butterfly. It's, it's like, you know, so it kind of fits beautifully. And I mean, what I love about your work, too, and I mean, that's what's so great to have these conversations. I didn't realize how many levels you were working on, Gogolitis, because if you look, I mean, you just might say, oh, this guy just makes really awesome pixel art, you know, and there seems to be some themes here, but not sure. But when I hear you talk about it, I mean, it sounds as in-depth as anything I'm hearing about in the contemporary art galleries that I go to, you know, so that's just more and more exciting, you know, which, which kind of speaks. Uh, to where I wanted to go as far as your impressions of what you're seeing out there. I mean, I, when you took a break in the last few months, were you, I, I didn't get the impression you were on Tezos or on Twitter. I, I felt like you took a real break. Um, so can you, and correct me if I'm wrong, and otherwise just speak to the scene. And if you did take a break, how is how things changed or are they more or less kind of where you left them? Well, um, I took a break for six months and uh, and I've been back for two weeks now so far. I haven't noticed any significant differences compared to six months ago. Um, I have observed that some people are no longer here, of course, but most of them are still around. Uh, I've seen new people come into the space, uh, including artists and collectors. Uh, you know, I, I have been quite uh, busy creating and conversing with other artists since uh, since, uh, since I came back. So honestly, I, I believe I don't have enough of an overview, an, of, of an overview of the situation to provide uh, something interesting on that matter because uh, I really don't know. I'll probably I'll probably get a better overview in few months. I think about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I thought I would just check in and just sort of see. You know, what are your impressions as you kind of land back in just with that contrast? And from the collector side of things, 
I mean, I feel like it's heated up a bit. Like, I feel like there's a little bit more action. But do you get that impression? Or is it basically more or less the same market action you remember from the summer and before? Well, it's a long time ago, six months. (laughs) And I did so many things between. Uh, in between, uh, I, honestly, I, I couldn't tell. I, I don't have enough of a uh, uh, of step back to uh, uh, to to have a good overview. Honestly, well, that's a fair tell. answer. You're allowed to not have an opinion. That's for sure. And so, <laughs> so very exciting. So, tell me, uh, you know, as we, w- what are you excited about then? And uh, tell us about where you're going here in the in the last fifteen minutes here. Uh, Tell us about, you know, what's exciting you right now. I assume it's your work that you're working on right I, now. I mean, the colors, yes. again, I feel like you're charting new territory here. And I have a tendency to overstate and be overexcited about things. But I see new territory here, frankly, from a color perspective. Uh, so, yeah, tell me what's exciting you right now. What's exciting me right now? Uh, it's, the, um, it's the concept of inspiration. You know, I believe inspiration is essential. And uh, uh, honestly, I don't mean it uh, as an empty word. I really do think that inspiration plays a significant role and is really fundamental to the development of humanity. I see inspiration as the main force that has led humanity to where it is uh, right now. For example, when, when I look at a book of art history, I see the history of human inspiration in the domain of art, or at least a part of it. But inspiration is present in every domain. Without inspiration, we would not have the technology we are using right now to communicate. <laughs> and, and that same technology we are using to create art every day and share uh, it with the world on platform like Object or Teia. I'm talking about Tezos here, but of course there are also Ethereum, Solana, and so on. But when you think about all these technologies stacked one on another, uh, built by the inspiration, one one more time, uh, of the work of all uh, our ancestors combined, I mean, uh, there would be no NFTs without the blockchain technology, no blockchain without the internet, no internet without the computers, and no computers without transistors. Uh, among amongst other things, of course, uh, I could go on and on and on, but um, uh, into all the ramification. But I think you got my point. But when I when I see where we are at now, uh, what we are witnessing with the raising of AI and how it has hit uh, uh, the white audience through tools like Mijoni or Dali, uh, it's not the tool of a few. Uh, and I can't help. Uh, I can't help but think of what what it could become in two, five, or ten years, because it's not only about creating image. Everybody is aware of ChatGPT, of course, but there are now uh, AI tools from which you can create music from a prompt, sound effects, uh, even voices. So sooner than we think, uh, I think we'll be able to produce a full movie with the same ease. Uh, you generate an image on Midjourney. Uh, in fact, uh, about Midjourney, uh, I read recently uh, that David Ols, uh, I don't know if you know that guy, it's the CEO of Midjourney, he said he thinks that in 10 years, uh, there will be an Xbox uh, with an AI processor that dreams all games in real time. 
and he used the word dreams, not compute. Uh, and that could seem far-fetched, but uh, honestly, I don't think it is. And I think it's, um, it's very inspirative to me. Another interesting aspect of this new technology is the speed of their spread. Uh, when a service like ChatGPT is released, um, it is instantly available uh, to the entire world in minutes. So humanity is facing uh, new things, new things, highly uh, disruptive technology that spread quickly. And I think it's very interesting to observe and this fast spread rate of technology is uh, its kind of a new experience for us because it wasn't there uh, 30 years ago uh, when I was a child. Uh, technology wasn't spreading that fast. And it's something uh, kind of unique uh, that we are experiencing right now with the emergence of AI. Um, I, I'm really passionate about technology, uh, but not, of, uh, not uh, especially as a user. Uh, but also uh, as an observer of uh, a new component uh, in the humanity. It's very interesting to observe. And this uh, inspired me a lot uh, in my, my productions. If I'm, I don't know if I'm clear. <laughs> I, absolutely. I mean, there's so much you mentioned that is fascinating, particularly the history of art being basically the history of human inspiration. There's no shortage of big ideas that you're dealing with here, Gogolitis, and I love that. You know, I, I, you know, I was wondering to myself, maybe that's what draws me to it as well. Uh, you know, so uh, huge topics. Now, have you, uh, have you played around with Midjourney? Does it even interest you to use any of the AI tools? Have you tried them out? Uh, what's your take? Yes, uh, of course. As, as an observer of uh, of the technology, uh, I'm very interested in in all of this. Uh, I have to. Uh, because uh, I have to understand the present uh, which I'm living in, um, because I have kids. So um, it's 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 my duty to understand what is going on. Um, yes, of course, I'm interested in it. Um, of course, um, I, I took um, I took uh, two hundred credits for fifteen dollars or something like this. Uh, I tried, but I. I don't have uh, much time to, uh, because it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. It's a few seconds, but it, it, it's some time. It's, uh... <laughs> I, 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 you know, once again, I totally agree with you. That is the biggest issue I have with it as well, is that, you know, five to 10, it's like 10 seconds maybe, right? Maybe it's longer. Yeah. And it's just a little too long because I want to go, what's my result? And then I want to refine it. And then I want to get to work. I don't want to be standing around watching the load bar or whatever it is, you know, waiting for it to render. I even tried subscribing to the most expensive tier just for that, because like, okay, let's see how fast this thing can go. It seemed to be going the same speed, like maybe I was doing something wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. So so, so you have used it. Uh, you have used uh, Midjourney then. So it's far. It's, Sorry, it's, go ahead. Very, it's very interesting uh, to uh, to generate uh, a structure for for a scene. For example, you uh, you imagine you imagine a scene, uh, something, and uh, you don't know f um, how to uh, eventually uh, place the object uh, uh, for it to be artistically pleasing for the human eye. Uh, it can give ideas, of course. 
you know, that is how I'm using it right now. I'm actually going to release a piece right away here. And it was based, it's basically, it's just based, uh, there's, you know, there's a reference to the AI work, but I wouldn't release the AI work by itself. But as a reference, and just as a, it created a whole composition, I, I never would have come up with that. And it looks like, you know, it's like a Bacchanal. I was just fooling around, you know, with like terms and it was like an 18th century Bacchanal painting that nobody's ever put together. So I just kind of used it as a reference and that it's a very fun way to work with it, which is just basically as an idea tool, you know, as I say, you know, speaking of, you know, Greek philosophy, you know, climbing up that, you can climb up the ladder and then throw it away. It's like the AI is that ladder uh, to a certain degree. So, so tell us just in the closing, we have 10 minutes here. So if anybody wants to ask a question for uh, Gogo Lightus, and that includes Runtune and Kant, just chime in. It is a rare opportunity to speak with one of the world's great pixel artists in my estimation. <laughs> uh, tell us, uh, Gogo Lightus, what's, what's next? Are you, it looks like you're just getting started. So I assume you're going to dive into the work and uh, is, is, do you have any plans in a sense as far as yeah. what's coming up next? Or um, I don't have any plan. Uh, I mean, aesthetically speaking, uh, but uh, I know what I want to say. I know what I want to, uh, uh, how I want to question people. Uh, and it, it will always be about philosophical question um, somewhere about nature of reality, nature of life, uh, about that, that kind of things, uh, about the meaning of life. Uh, these are the questions I'm interested in, really. I'm very interested in technology, uh, the one that we use every day, of course, like my car, my desk, uh, my computer, and all that. But, but what I'm really enjoy doing, I mean, in my mind, is projecting the most advanced technology we have in humanity today and try to envision what it could become in the near future or in the more distant future. I try to see how all of it could logically combine and where it is all going. This I like to do. I love it. I love it. And it's almost like a user's guide of sorts, looking at the reality simulator device. A user's guide as to how all this technology is impacting us. Uh, one more question just regarding your kids. Like, do you show your work to your kids? Like, it looks like yes, it's almost course. designed to please kids. Is that fair? <laughs> they, they try. They try to, uh, to, do, uh, to do like their dad, but <laughs> so they, they want to do the same. They, they try to do pixel art too. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a matter of time. Uh, I, should, uh, I should invest more time in, in it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They know they know what what I do, of course. Yeah, and and do but do you show them the works almost as uh, like, uh, hey, look at what Dad did, and then yes, I assume, yes, and and I assume they love it. Yes, every time, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we have five minutes here. Does anybody have any questions they'd like to ask? Go go lightus. A wonderful pixel artist here otherwise how long does it how long does it normally take you to complete a work it depends uh it depends for example uh the reality simulator device uh took me like uh um something like 20 hours maybe 
that's actually 20 really hours. impressive in my opinion really uh, yeah why because it's uh it's short or too much i don't know no it just seems like that's a quick quick turnaround for something that's so complicated uh yeah but but um there is the 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 creation uh of it i mean uh in image but the the meaning uh come from before you know um uh, the way uh it uh, it it boils in your head before you create the thing right i mean either it, way the it, it boiled in my head too. during hours before during weeks and months yeah that's that's a very impressive work yeah I, I i sometimes wonder to myself that when people have kids i almost feel like sometimes they work a lot faster because they don't have much time so when they <laughs> have that opportunity they go and they work so all of a sudden they're putting out beautiful works in 20 hours uh which for some people might be pretty quick right i know 20 hours it's it's very long to me <laughs> right 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 yeah i mean fair enough yeah and it's not short but but you know what i'm saying uh some people would say oh that's just like three days work and you have this wonderful piece here span.tez welcome to the stage do you have a question for gogolitis and where are you calling from Hey guys, um, not particularly so much a question for Gogolitis. Um, I am calling from the States, uh, Alabama, actually. Um, I just wanted to chime in and just uh, praise Gogolitis some um, because I've been an early collector of his. I have several pieces um, yes. in the Tezos world and I just love your work. Um, and it's kind of just a fanboy moment. I just wanted to have the opportunity to tell you thank you. I'm so proud of the journey you know, that you've obviously been on. And I hope that you continue to uh, put out the great works. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Espen. Thank you. I will. Isn't that wonderful? I, I mean, thank, thank you, Espen, for sharing that. I mean, yeah, the enthusiasm on, you know, for digital art is real, you know. And I, I think also it speaks to, like, again, the, the elemental nature of pixel art. Like, again, if you know, in this fantasy class in my head, were I to teach digital art, I would start with pixel art. And, you know, the first thing that I find you have to deal with with pixel art, and maybe Gogolitis, you can speak to this, is the size of the canvas. Like, you have to start yes. with the, the most basic of basic, like how many pixels wide is this canvas going to be? It depends the level of, uh, of zoom you want to have in the end. Um... Yes, but I, I'm not an expert on this. I always struggle. <laughs> I always struggle to uh, uh, to uh, because when I when I draw something, I don't exactly know uh, the end size. I don't know. Right. So, do you adjust the size of the canvas then as you work, or yes, you do. Interesting. And do you work? Here's another weird question for you. But as I look at your work. Do you work from the center out or is it more of uh you're kind of throwing elements together, moving them a little bit, kind of seeing what fits? Like tell us a bit about your compositional process. Uh, I use a lot of layers. Uh, I can uh on a sprite I can have hundreds of layers. Uh literally hundreds of layers. Uh for example, uh on the last piece I minted, uh each scroll and each square is a layer. Uh, so there are hundreds of them. Uh, I try to, uh, uh, to use a sprite, um, 
and create objects that I can move easily uh, so I can organize them uh, more easily. And when I'm sure I flatten uh, some of them, uh, because when you have hundreds of layers in a sprite, uh, you have to have a good computer to, to run all this. Um, it depends also about uh, the number of frame you have. Uh, I work on 64 frame the most of the time. Um, so sometimes it, uh, it, it makes me, uh, it makes my machine, uh, uh, smoke. No, I, I'm joking. Not, not literally, but, uh, uh sometimes, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've used Ace Parade. But yeah, some of these programs, I mean, because you'll make as many layers as you can, I find, as an artist, until you start hitting a wall. And then so you'll start to flatten them, interestingly. How, how do you find working in Ace Sprite? Obviously, you like it, but I mean, you're a graphic designer. You've worked in Photoshop. What is your, do you, would you give it like a A plus in terms of review? Or is it, you know, a B or, you know, how do you find Ace Sprite? Uh, it, I think it will be hard for me to judge because this is the only pixel art uh, software I know uh, I used. Uh, in fact, uh, when I when I try to uh, to create pixel art, I, I start with Photoshop, and I thought to myself, no, it's not possible. It's it's impossible to work pixel art in it. Uh, so uh, especially if you want to animate. Uh, if you want to make fluid uh, animation and all that, uh, so uh, I watch. Uh, I made some research about what was the best uh, pixel art uh, software I could find, and uh, after many videos uh, and many opinions, uh, um, I could I could uh, observe and hear. Uh, I choose to uh, to use a sprite, and uh, I don't regret it. It's uh, it's as I said, it's a wonderful piece of software. It's really it's really cool. It's really good. The, the the only thing uh, that that it lacked uh, in the it it's the possibility to twin animation, like you could do, like you can do in uh, animate. In animate, you can have an object mm -hmm. uh, and make it move from uh, x y to another x y position, uh, but you cannot do that in a sprite. Uh, at least I don't know how to do that. I know there are some uh, add-on. Uh, the dot dot l u a uh, that you can add to a sprite to uh, to generate some twin, um, but I tried to, but it's not it's not as perfect uh, when you do it by hand. Uh, so um, I quickly I quickly uh, removed it, but maybe I should dig into it because it takes a lot of time to uh, just to move an object to another place uh, with an ease in and ease out. You have to sometimes uh, make some math uh, to uh, um, to ensure that you have a good ease in and good ease out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I do it wrong. <laughs> but, well, um, if you're doing it wrong, it looks fabulous. And like Runetune was saying, that last work of yours, scroll flow, like I thought, I think it's such a brilliant observation that Runetune made on this idea that it feels like the most I don't know. I don't know if he used the word organic, but it, it almost—it's like pixel art that doesn't look exactly like pixel art. Like if you had never seen your other work before, you never would have. You might not have thought, "Oh, this is you know made with a sprite and is a pixel art piece," which is a pretty interesting. Again, kind of back to that breakthrough word. And so, anyways, do you have any closing thoughts, Gogolitis, to the community as we wrap up here? And I just want to thank you again 
for appearing here. I'm thrilled, and I think a lot of people are thrilled to hear and about the depth of what I consider, you know, like just your beautiful works that have inspired people, including myself, since I I arrived. Really? And I was just Ooh. so thrilled you're willing to do this. So, anyways, uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us and for the community? Uh, yeah, first uh, I'd like to thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank the people for listening to this. Uh, and maybe talk to uh, talk uh, about other artists, uh, pixel artists I know. Uh, for example, uh, I came across uh, a, a new pixel artist that just popped up uh, in my timeline recently. Uh, his name is uh, Notoriousman, uh, X-T-Z, uh, uh, like uh, Tezos, Notoriousman. And I think what it does is very promising. Uh, for example, two days ago, I discovered uh, Stalomir uh, through one of my collectors. Uh, shout out to uh, Kruger. Maybe he's listening to this. Uh, I really like their pixel art and I collected some of uh, their pieces instantly <laughs> because it was really good. Um, what comes to my mind? Um, Armilk, of course. Armilk, uh, what it does is exceptional. His tired pixel collection is amazing and he knows how to play with light. I'm jealous. <laughs> and above all, is has uh, a distinct touch and style that is very recognizable. Uh, of course, uh, there is a Popel. Uh, with his one-bit pixel art. This is uh, how I knew it. I find his work very impressive uh, and personally uh, find it very difficult to me to draw with only one color. Um, and you should definitely uh, check out his work because it's really cool. And I also believe that his latest piece is uh, still available on primary. Um, Tom Bombadil? Some Bombadil's creation also are awesome. Uh, just collected uh, just collected his last drop today. Uh, Mr. Costar, oh no, also is a French. He's very impressive in pixel art. Mr. Costar, uh, he does a great job in animation. He literally, is a master, a sensei. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway, you know what? I'll make a tweet right after this talk with all the artists I just talked about. Uh, these are all pixel artists. And they are they are all on teasel. Um, what what could be the world at the end? The end world. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, thank you to everybody. Well, thank you, Gogolitis. This has been totally fascinating and an excellent reason to follow Gogolitis. He'll post a whole bunch of these artists who are totally awesome. Uh, I totally agree. I think I've heard about. 60 or 70%. And let me just add, like I've been following Gogolitis for a while and I have discovered many a great work uh, in, in that process. So thank you everybody. Runetune, do you have any closing thoughts for us? No, it was a pleasure. Uh, it's nice to meet you um, over the spaces, you. Gogolitis. Um, I'm looking forward to anything, anything you put out there. Thank you, Runetune. Thank you. Uh, I've seen your animation too. Uh, Honestly, I, I just had five minutes to uh, to check it, uh, but but I've seen the uh, the the fluid, the fluidity and uh, the smoothness of it. Uh, I like it. I like it too. It's not pixel art, of course, uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's fluid animation, and I like everything that's fluid. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Beautiful. And we're going to have to ask Runetune more about his art, maybe next episode. Yes. So you might have to study up on that, Runetune, have a few things ready to say. 
uh, because we never got to it last week, and I've been wanting to hear more. So thank you, Gogolitis. Thank you, Runetune. And thank you, everybody, Kant and Espan, for coming up on stage. And thank you, everybody, for listening. What an awesome crowd here. Hey, there's Haiti. There's Popple, Sabato, Joe Rogan's dad, Mikey De La Creme, Mardo, Drake Frazetta, Brave, and more, an all-star cast. Thanks, guys, for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you.